Well, you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings. Might take you a second to find it. 2 Kings chapter 18. The series right now, we're on break from Ephesians. The series right now is called Five Promises for This Pandemic. We're on week four, and here are the topics that we're covering. Purpose. We covered how God promises to work this together for good. Presence. He promises to be with us as we grow in love. Last week was provision. God promises to meet all of our needs. Today we're going to talk about protection, which is God promises to secure and defend us, and the next week we'll move on to power. But today is all about protection. Listen, God promises to protect us. He promises that he will protect us. In Psalm 91, 14 to 15, it says this, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. Today we're going to see how prayer is the way to access God's protection in life. And just like last week when we talked about Elijah and we saw a portrait of God's provision, today we're going to talk about Hezekiah and we're going to see a portrait of God's protection. We're going to see how prayer led to the protection of King Hezekiah. Before we begin, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that through your word, you would convince us that you can defend us, that you will protect us, that you will guard us from evil and deliver us from all of our troubles. We pray, Lord, that in this life, we would see you come through for us time and time again. And we know that you even promised to deliver us faithfully into the next life. So whatever happens, we will arrive safely in your heavenly presence. But right now, I pray that you would show us what it means to invite you through prayer to protect us here. And I pray that you would show us this through Hezekiah's life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, are you there in 2 Kings chapter 18? If Hezekiah had to introduce himself today, uh, he would say, all right, well, I'm Hezekiah, I'm king in Israel And he'd say his dad was Ahaz, one of the most wicked kings in the Bible. How wicked was his dad? Well, his dad put idols on every street corner in Jerusalem. Every corner. And as if that wasn't enough, he shut the real temple so no one could go and worship the one true God. In addition, Hezekiah would say that some of his siblings were sacrificed to false gods in the fire because his father wanted to appease them. Wow. Talk about having a lot stacked against you in life. But when Hezekiah became king in just his first month, he turned the nation around. He changed everything. He opened the doors of the temple. He smashed the idols. He started celebrating the feasts and the festivals again. He was one of the few kings who received a good report card in the Bible. And so in 2 Kings 18, verse 5, here's what we read about him. It says, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the other kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. Wherever he went out, he prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and would not serve him. Now, I don't know about you, but if they said this about me, I'd be thrilled. Uh, he trusted the Lord, right? There's none like him among the king. He held fast to the Lord. He didn't depart from the commandments. The Lord was with him wherever he went out. Wow, wow, wow. Hezekiah was an amazing king. 
And he was going on 14 years of solid rule, like 14 good years. And then it all went wrong. So in verse 13, it says, In the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Took them. First thing you can write down is this. Number one, I had problems only prayer could solve. I had problems only prayer could solve. You've got problems right now. God has allowed some things into your life. Now, maybe you didn't lose 50 cities to the Assyrian army, but that's Hezekiah's problem. And he got report after report after report. Defeat, defeat. Cities falling, cities falling. He had a big military problem on his hands. He had problems only prayer could solve. What do we know about the Assyrian army? Well, here's the Assyrian empire on a map. They were expanding rapidly, and the green represents the Assyrian Empire. It was the superpower of the day. Strongest military by far, and they were uh, starting over there in the east, and they were expanding west, and they were trying to get all this territory. And where's, where's Israel? Right here, right in the way of their expansion. And so the Assyrians came, and you remember when Jonah was sent as a prophet to Nineveh? Nineveh was at that time the capital of the Assyrian uh, Empire. And so here's a, a, a rendition, a historical rendition of what Nineveh looked like. We are not talking about little mud huts and savage people. We are talking about a well-oiled military machine coming into Israel, and city after city is being taken. Hezekiah had a big problem. The Assyrian army was perhaps the most barbaric army in history. They were known for their cruelty to the captives and to the leaders after they took a city. They would often take the king and the rulers and they'd impale them or skin them alive. They would humiliate them to make a statement. And Hezekiah was next. He had a big problem. Listen, God will allow good people to suffer terrible hardship. That includes you. And there are going to be times in life when you feel like 50 cities have just fallen. When you feel like the news couldn't have been worse. And what's hard is, this could happen after 14 good years. You might be asking, well, why is this happening to me? In 2 Chronicles 32, 31 it shares why God was bringing trials like this into Hezekiah's life. It says, God left him alone to test him to know all that was in his heart. Hey, listen, when trouble comes into your life, God is testing you. He wants to know what's in your heart. How are you going to respond? I had problems only prayer could solve. And then on top of the military pressure, Hezekiah gets deathly ill. Things go from bad to worse. Look ahead to chapter 20, verse 1. Even though we're going ahead a few chapters, this is recorded later, but it's happening around the same time. This whole story, uh, his whole life, by the way, is about 700 B.C., just so you get your orientation here. About 700 B.C., all of this is happening. And so in chapter 20, it says this, In those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Isaiah, this, this is the Isaiah. This is like the book Isaiah. Isaiah. He shows up. He's a prophet of God. And he says, Plan your funeral. You're going to die. Now we know in the Old Testament when a prophet 
made a prophecy, it had to come true or the prophet would be stoned to death. So listen, God made it as clear as humanly possible, as clear as heavenly possible. This is how certain it is. The Lord says, you are going to die. And then Isaiah turned and walked out. This is certain death. Hezekiah was 39 years old and God told him to plan his own funeral. And what's worse, he was doing everything right. He was a good king. And now everything was going wrong. How would he respond? How would he respond? Well, let's watch his response. Look at verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. This broke him. This broke him. Have you been there before? Are you there right now? Have you been brought low before the Lord? Hezekiah is a broken man. He's a good king. He's sick. His his city is surrounded. And he's sobbing. And God allowed it to happen. I had problems only prayer could solve. But what would God do? Verse 3. He says, now, O Lord, please remember. Verse 4. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Isaiah's not even home yet. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord and I will add 15 years to your life. Hezekiah, I just changed your tombstone. Listen, it happened so fast. He was given a death sentence in the most certain way that it could be conveyed. There is no revoking a prophet's word. What changed things? The only explanation is prayer. Hezekiah prayed and God turned that prophet around and said, go back, I've got a new word for him. Do you see the power of prayer? Listen, prayer is strong enough to change your tombstone. That's how powerful it is. Hezekiah had problems only prayer could solve and he was a praying king. Go back. It's so amazing what the Lord says here. Tell him I have heard his prayer. Do you know that God hears your prayer? This is an example of an instant response. And look, there are going to be times in your life where God answers you immediately. I have seen your tears. Do you know that God sees and cares when we're brought low? I will heal you. Prayer changes the natural course of history. Hey, listen, we've got to get this clear, folks. Isaiah also gave Hezekiah a sign. The sign was that there was this sundial that was made up of steps or ledges or something. And, and God made the sun go back seven steps on the sundial. Listen, listen, listen. The sun went back seven steps as a sign to Hezekiah that God was with him. How powerful is prayer? In Joshua's day, the sun stood still. 
in Hezekiah's day, the sun turned around and went back. How much more powerful can prayer be? Wow. Prayer is the only explanation. And as a bonus, this is, this is even more amazing. I will add 15 years to your life. And as, as a bonus here, I will deliver you and the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I'll defend the city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. I'll deliver the city too. Wow! 15 extra years added on to this 39-year-old's life, and God's going to defend the city? This is a great day. Hey, what problems do you have right now that only prayer can solve? What, what has surrounded your life? What has taken down your cities? What has brought you low? What is it that God has allowed into your life to test you so that he will know what's in your heart? And how are you responding to that? Hezekiah gives us such an amazing example of how prayer is the way to access God's protection in life. Have you asked for God's protection? Have you turned your face to the wall? Have you wept bitterly? Have you asked for supernatural things? What an example we have here. I will defend this city. God is an incredible God. Well, the sickness is gone, but the army is not. And so back to chapter 18, there's still an army. And in chapter 18, verse 17, it says this, And the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabsaris, and the Rabshakeh, with a great army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem, and they went up and came to Jerusalem. Uh-oh, the army has arrived. Write this down. Number two, I held promises only prayer could sustain. Number one, I had problems only prayer could solve. Now the problems haven't gone away yet. And so what did Hezekiah have? He had promises. I held promises only prayer could sustain. God made him a promise and he wasn't seeing it come true yet. In fact, a whole army showed up that said the opposite is going to happen. So he had to hold on to those promises and he did it through prayer. So let's visualize together. Let's use our imagination. There's this huge army. We find out that the huge army later had 185,000 troops. Listen, 185,000 troops. Now, you know, every chance I get, I like to bring my Lord of the Rings knowledge into the sermon, right? So in the uh, battle for Gondor, which was at Minas Tirith, there was about the same number of orcs that were coming after that city. We've got a picture here of Gandalf, who's in the city and way out in the background. Now, that's kind of what it looked like to be Hezekiah right now. Okay, all those troops showing up to burn your city to the ground, kill you to export your people, right? Deport them. That's what's coming. That's what he woke up to. And then it says, it lists the names of the people who are here. The king of Assyria sent the Tartan. That means like the general or the supreme commander of the army. And then it says uh, the Rabsaris. The Rabsaris was like a chief officer. And then it says the Rabshakeh. That's like a, a field marshal. All right. So, so these three tough, like, like battle-hardened, uh, they show up. And, and I like to, you know, I like to cast sometimes people in my mind of who's playing this part so that I can get a visual of it. So playing the part of, of these three, in my mind, I'll put them up here, uh, would be Russell Crowe and Dolph Lundgren and Rambo. Okay, so, so all three of them are outside your city and they're coming for you. Wow. 
They've got bulging muscles and the scars on their faces and they've got like killer accents and you are dead. This is the strongest army on earth. They're undefeated. You're going down. But God said he was going to defend the city. Hey, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like, God, you said this would happen. You, you said this would happen. But Russell Crowe is out there saying something else is about to happen. And it looks like that's about to happen. You ever feel that way? You ever feel totally surrounded, nowhere to run, trapped, you can't escape, and, and there are only bad endings to this situation coming? Do you feel that way? Because God put a good king in that situation. Do you ever feel tempted to give up on God? And his promises, Hezekiah again shines. Look at chapter 19, verse 1. Well, actually, let me read in chapter 18, verses 28 to 30. It says this, Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust the Lord by saying the Lord will surely deliver us and this city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. So this is trash talk. This is ancient trash talk. They're shouting up the walls. So in chapter 19, it says this, As soon as King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and, listen, went into the house of the Lord. Now what is this? What is this that he's doing? Well, tearing your clothes back then was a sign of outrage. It was his way of saying, this is not right. And putting on sackcloth was his way of expressing grief. He was saying, this is not good. And have you said that to the Lord? Have you, you don't tear your garment, but have you said, Lord, this is not right. Lord, this is not good. That's what he was saying with these actions. And then he went to church. Back then, he would have gone into the temple near the ark. He couldn't go into the Holy of Holies, but near the Ark of the Covenant. And that was God's earthly throne room. He was so close to the presence of God. That's where he went. That's where he went. What do we see here? We see that Hezekiah let his problems drive him into God's presence, not away. Hey, are your problems driving you into God's presence closer than ever, or are you bolting? We see that his problems also drove him toward his convictions, not away. And listen, are your problems driving you toward your convictions or are you letting go of those convictions? It says in verse 2, And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and the senior priest, covered with sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah. Not all bad when Isaiah is your prayer partner. To the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, of rebuke, and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, and there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God has heard the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. He prayed. He got others to pray with him. He didn't go it alone. He didn't go it alone. They prayed. He sought spiritual counsel. He didn't isolate himself. He prayed. I like what he says here. It's so picturesque. He says there's no strength. In verse 3, there, there's no strength. 
And then he gives a picture. It's like a, a child is about to be born and, and, then, and then doesn't come, right? A child is about to be born and then disaster strikes. That's how I feel. And so that made me think. Here's, here's what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, I want to feel like this. I'm supposed to feel like this, but instead I feel like this. What's going on? We feel that way too, don't we? So with the sickness, God took it away like that. Gone. Gone. With the military, he didn't take it away that fast. Some answers will come instantly. Some answers will take time. And I love it when God takes his time. And I hate it when God takes his time. You feel the same way? I know when God takes his time, there's going to be a better, better story. But it's going to be a harder process. And where in your life is God taking his time? He's, he's letting that commander just shout at you. Your fears are just shouting. And everything against you seems like it's getting bigger. And, and you just you continue to feel like you're surrounded and there's no hope. And God's promises aren't coming true. Wow, what a great example Hezekiah gives us of seeking God's protection through prayer. He prayed. He got his friends praying for him. He didn't give up. And then things get even worse. Look at verse 10. In chapter 19, verse 10, it says this. Thus, thus says you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands, devoting them to destruction, and shall you be delivered? So now the Rabshakeh sent a letter. This hate mail, ancient hate mail. All right, so now there's paper coming in telling him, look, don't let your Lord deceive you. You're going down. Verse 14, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Listen how he responds. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord. Again, went to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. He prayed. What did he say? He said this, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim. That means the cherubim that were on the Ark of the Covenant in God's presence. You are the God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us. Please from his hand that all the kingdoms of earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. This is amazing. What did he do? You can write this down. He expressed confidence. You are the Lord. You're the creator. You're the king. You're here. Are you expressing confidence in your prayer to the Lord? Are you praying with faith? The New Testament makes it clear that if we're double-minded and we don't pray in faith, we should expect to see nothing from God. Nothing. He expressed confidence in God. Jot this down. He faced reality. He faced reality. He said, it's true. It's true. They have laid waste to nations and lands. They have cast their gods into the fire. They're not lying. This is a credible threat. Have you clearly detailed your fears to the Lord? Lord, this is a real fear. This is a real threat. Have you told the truth 
to God. He expressed confidence. He faced reality. And then write this down. He sought God's fame. Lord, do something that the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Hey, why is God allowing it to get so bad? Why is he allowing it to go from bad to worse to worse? Right? So that he can get more glory in the end. Because when you're out of answers, when you're out of explanations, when you're out of energy and wisdom and money and answers and nothing else, you can do nothing else. That's when God gets all the glory. Number one, Hezekiah had problems only prayer could solve. Number two, he held promises only prayer could sustain. And then, number three, write this down. I harnessed power only prayer could unleash. It says in chapter 19, verse 20, it says this, Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. God is listening still. God is listening still. And then it goes on in verse 32 to say this, Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Listen, God got up. And when God says it's go time, your problems don't stand a fighting chance. Doesn't matter how big the army is that the other guy brought. God's getting up. And listen, God's listening. He's hearing. He's looking into your heart. And you should ask. You should seek. You should knock. You should not give up because God's going to get up. And when he does, he's unstoppable. And what happens next? What happens next is unbelievable. It says, And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Listen, the king of Assyria woke up, and his army didn't. God sent one angel, one angel from heaven, took out the strongest army on earth. So what are you so afraid of? What's keeping you up at night? What's stressing you out? What do you think is too hard for God to figure out? Your problems don't stand a chance. Listen, prayer unleashes the powerful protection of God. I was thinking about what prayer is like and how prayer accesses God's power. And a good way to think about it is this. A prayerless life is like living in a candlelit nuclear power plant. Turn the power on. Turn the po- there you are with your candle. Turn the power on. And look, if you've got problems that only prayer can solve, and you haven't been running into the presence of the Lord, listen, I'm telling you, turn the power on. You think you're going to figure this out? You think you're going to get it done? You think you're going to defeat that army? Look, God is looking into your heart to test you to know what's in there. Turn the power on. Turn the power on. You've tried everything else. It's time for prayer. It's time for prayer. 
Prayer unleashes the protection of God. Hezekiah gives us an amazing example of how to harness the protection of God, the power of God. I had problems only prayer could solve. I held promises only prayer could sustain. I harnessed power only prayer could unleash. The story concludes and says that God drove the king of Assyria back home. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived in Nineveh. It says his own, his own kids killed him and took him out. Sad ending for him. Glorious ending for Hezekiah. Let me invite you to ask God to protect you this week. Tell God if you can defend Hezekiah, who had the strongest army on earth surrounding his house, you can, you can defend me. Hey, repent of your lack of faith. Repent of your prayerlessness. Repent, repent of your fear. Bring that all before God. Tell him how foolish it is. How foolish it is to doubt a God who can make the sun turn around. Ask that God would overrule the natural course of your life. That he would offer you supernatural strength and that he would do it all for his glory, not yours. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we have heard incredible things today. Unbelievable, unexplainable, indescribable things. I pray that you would help us based on how you responded to Hezekiah and Isaiah, how you delivered them from certain destruction. Help us to bring our problems, which are far smaller, into your holy presence, believing fully that you are willing and able to respond to us. Lord, may we expect some immediate answers from you, and may we rejoice when we get them, but may we also be willing to wait. May we wait. And I pray that as you grow us in endurance and teach us patience, I pray, O oh Lord, that you would get all the glory. Hear the prayers of your people. Hear our cry and show us all that heaven can do. Thank you, Father, that we have this confidence because Jesus Christ is on the throne. We know, O oh Lord, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we are welcome in your throne room to find help in our time of need. Remind us, Jesus, of your great glory Remind us of your awesome power. Help us to live with total confidence in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.